We do have a free gift for you if this is your first time. Stop by the info center on your way out and grab that. Um, we also want to welcome our live stream audience. I know several people are vacationing and doing their last summer fling um, and watching live stream. Let's say hi. Everyone say hi. hi. All right. So thanks again for watching. Um, so we've been talking about this whole idea of the approval factor um, over the last three weeks. Uh, and so we've been talking about getting our approval from the right source. Hey, if you don't have one of our outlines, lift up your hands. Our ushers will ush. They will get you one. Um, they'll also give you a writing utensil if you don't have one. These are notes that help you just sort of track with me. Sometimes I can talk real fast and you know, and you kind of like slow down, dude. <laughs> you know, um, you also, I also go over verses sometimes quick, and it gives you the verse that you can go home and study it out yourself. How many of you believe you ought to study the Bible for yourself? Yes. Yeah. Don't don't take what I say. Take what God says. Amen. I mean, God uses His vessels. Don't misunderstand me. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers uh, for the work of the ministry, right? To help encourage you and equip you for service. But you need to make sure in your Bible, you know, studying out yourself, you actually know and understand it and uh, just kind of verify the things that I'm talking about. So we've been talking about getting our approval from the right source. How many of you know what that right source is? The right source is what? Who? God. Right. God. And so often we look for the whole idea of this approval thing you know, from the wrong source, from the wrong places, looking for approval in all the wrong places. I've seen, like I said before, older adults. Um, I found myself doing this years ago, you know, just looking for the approval from a parent or a sibling or a boss or a spouse or whatever, just looking for someone, you know, to come alongside of me and approve. You know, give me that attaboy that, mm, you know, you're all, you're all that in the bag of chips kind of a thing. You know, just to make sure that I feel affirmed and approved. And uh, so there are times that we need approval from others. The reason, the reason why we often need approval from others is because we don't fully, we don't fully approve of ourselves. And we talked about that last week. And many people don't actually like themselves very much. Uh, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I, I'm sure I'm not talking to you or about you here today that, you know, you don't like yourself very much. Um, but here's the deal. When you don't like yourself very much, then you tend to look for others' approval. In other words, when you haven't squared away that whole idea of approval in your own heart, then you tend to look for that approval for someone else to give you that approval and it, sometimes it doesn't work. The, the problem with that whole idea of approval is it's never quite enough because not everybody is going to like you as much as you need them to like you. Not everyone's going to, you know, sort of do the same thing or, or bring it up to the level, you know, they may say something kind and generous, but you're like, and? you know, <laughs> more, please, <laughs> you know, and, you know, it's just never enough. It's never enough. And so uh, we're in the last week, like I said, of this whole approval factor thing. And we've been looking at it from all different angles. You know, it's, it's important 
it's important for us to, you know, look at a subject from all different sides, all different angles. And in week one, I think you have your notes there. In week one, um, we learned that you've been pre-approved. How many of you are glad for that? Yeah, uh, we are in the process of downsizing our home right now. If, you, if you've heard we're selling our house, no, we're not going anywhere, just so you know. You know, if you thought we were leaving, you know, town and, you know, saying, see you later, you know. Um, no, we're not doing that, but we're in the process of downsizing. And, um, you know, it was great to have a relationship with our banker so we could email him. And within an hour, I could get a letter back saying, this guy and woman has been pre-approved, Right? And it was cool to get that. It just reminded me when, when that happened um, that we've been pre-approved by a greater power. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. yeah, we've been pre-approved by a greater power. So in week one, we talked about that. If you haven't listened to that talk, it'd be great for you to do that. Um, we also learned that we had been adopted. We talked about the whole adoption process and use the, the ferrets as an example of that. Um, we found out that, that he chose each and every one of us to be his. He chose us to be, you know, his family. He chose us to be blessed. He chose us to be good and righteous in his eyes. In week two, we actually talked about uh, and learned we are citizens of heaven. How many of you realize that now? You're not citizens of this earth. We're just passing through. We found out that you, you were citizens of heaven and we're here on a work visa. We have our green card, right? Right, Tracy? Right, Sebastian? Right? Um, man, wow, you don't have a green card anymore because you're a, a citizen, right? The German guy has become a citizen of the U.S. <laughs> Let's give him a hand. He worked real hard for that. Yeah, yeah so he, he, he turned in his green card. So now he's here on a permanent visa, right? He's going to soak up some sun. So, but that's not the way it is. It's not the case in the kingdom, right? We've been given, we're citizens of heaven. We've been given a work visa, not a tourist visa. We also found how to live up to the name given us as one that has been approved, how to do that. Um, we actually found out how important it was to be responsible and disciplined in our life, right? Um, we found out how to correctly handle the Word of God. We need to know it, we need to study it, and we need to live it. That was week two, okay? So week three, last week, we talked about the importance of self-approval and how to pass the mirror check. Yeah, how to do that, how to, how to look into the mirror. The mirror check is the test that we take when we look into the mirror and we say, do we really like this person looking back at us? Um, and here's the deal. If you don't feel good about the person, you'll probably spend the rest of your life compensating inside of your life. Do we have that up there? Spend the rest of your life compensating in one way or another. Uh, next one, next one, next one. There we go. Excellent. Compensating in one way or another. And then the guilt and the shame and the regret. Next one, good built up inside of you sometimes think, makes you think, I'll never be able to look at that person again. And here, here's the, the important part. We pass the mirror check by surrendering ourselves to the grace of God. How many of you are glad for that? You don't have to do a dance. You know, you don't have to go through all these hoops. But just surrendering yourself to the grace of God. And we ended last week with a statement. Embrace God's grace and seek his, come on, somebody say face, right? Seek his face. 
And so that's what we've learned so far. That's what we've talked about so far. So today we're going to jump into a whole nother level. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 7 and verses 1 through 4. Um, this is a great verse that helps us look at once again this whole approval idea from another side. And Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 says, do not what? Do not judge. Or you will be judged, for in the same way you judge what? Others, you will be judged, and the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I want that to settle just a moment. Then he says, why? And then he gives some, some sort of an illustration or analogy or metaphor, okay? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention, everyone say no attention. no attention, pay no attention to the plank or the board or the two by four in your own eye. And then he goes on and concludes in verse four, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Simply put, I like to say it this way, we all have issues. Amen? How many of you know you have some issues? And as I said last week, if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue. <laughs> right? And so the, the whole idea here is not to be a hypocrite. Not, not to be a hypocrite and, and, you know, point out, you know, everyone else's faults when, when we know. Maybe you don't know, but, but here's the deal. You, you know you have a plethora of your own. <laughs> Did he say plethora? <laughs> Remember the movie? Um, you, have a pl you have a ton of your own issues, and, you know, we're like boom, 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 boom. And so today, I want to challenge us as believers at Metro Believers Church, I want to challenge us to think about how we use or misuse approval in your own relationships with others. When Jesus said in the text, do not judge or you will be judged, he was talking about the human tendency that we have to play God. And we all do it from time to time, don't we? We all, we all do it. <laughs> we play God, you know, we're, we're judge and jury. And uh, we set ourselves up, you know, as the one who's going to make all the decisions and the one that's going to determine. And we set to set ourselves up as higher than everyone else or wiser than everyone else or more together than everyone else or more righteous than everyone else or a better Christian than everyone else. You know, because we're, we're good. And everyone else has issues. It's the attitude that says... Here's the deal. I'm, I set the standard here, and it's up to you, every one of you, to measure up to my satisfaction. It's, it's this righteousness, this self-righteousness that, that demands that you, I'm, I'm, I got the, I've got the line here. This is, this is the standard. This is the gold standard here, and everyone else needs to measure up to that, and if you don't, I'm going to judge you, see? I'm going to put you down. There are people who use this kind of approval or disapproval, if you will, 
to manipulate and control everyone around them, not just in spiritual issues, but in every area of life. It could be the way they handle their finances or, or the way they treat their kids or, you know, the way they discipline or, you know, the, the way they work, the way they go to work, the, you know, when they show up and all that. We, we're constantly on the judging side of life and, and giving our disapproval. And so, you know, today I'm saying don't be that person. Don't make a choice today. Make a decision today. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that kind of individual who is constantly looking down my nose at others, thinking I'm so good and they're so bad. A woman, a woman once told me that uh, it hurt her feelings that her daughter, you know, never invited her over to her house to visit this is years ago in a former church, and I asked the daughter, I said, uh, why don't you ever invite your mom to visit more? And she said, I would rather be tortured than to invite my mom to come over for a visit because she sits there and judges me the whole time. She's putting me down. She's finding little things, you know, the, the, the fingerprints on the wall, you know, the, the whole idea of book, some dust on the bookshelves or, you know, the laundry being a little more piled up than she would like. And I, I know I'll never be the homemaker that she is, you know, and, but here's the deal. She will never let me forget it because she always reminds me of it. I hear that and I think, is, is your disapproval worth it to the mom? Is your disapproval, and that's what we're talking about today, is your disapproval worth it to not be welcome in your own daughter's home? Is it worth it? And the travesty of this whole idea is her daughter and husband were going through some really tough issues, and, and they, they could have really helped a mom, or, or they could have really been helped, and they needed the mom to be there to help support and encourage not kick them to the curb and find fault with them with their disapproval. But her mother couldn't do it because her disapproval sabotaged the ability to speak helpful words into her daughter's life. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that person that your disapproval constantly, you know, to people and, and, and issues around you, maybe it's your family members, Maybe they're doing something that you don't like and your disapproval is causing them not to want to be around you anymore. And you sort of sabotage your relationship with them and you have no ability to speak into their lives as a result of it. Disapproval is rooted in judgment. There's a missing blank there. Disapproval, if you're taking notes, is rooted in judgment. Here's kind of how it works. You see a situation and you disapprove. Then the next step is you make a judgment about the person, right? Then, then you tell yourself a story. It, you know, you, you create this storyline about that situation and person. And then the final step is typically you criticize them or, if it's not to them, 
It's to others. So you sow seeds of discord from that person to another person about them and about the story you've told about them and the story you've told yourself. And so you either criticize them to their face or you go behind their back to criticize them about what you perceive they're doing wrong and how just how they're missing the boat. Yeah, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> Always remember, and here's a, a tweetable moment of the day. Always remember, unsolicited advice is always viewed as criticism. Amen? Always remember that. Unsolicited advice is always viewed as criticism. And so today I want to talk to you about how to make right judgments, right decisions about the way that we deal with others and the way we deal with our own life. Let me give you three quick suggestions here. First of all, if you're not on the jury, abstain from reaching a verdict. If you're not on the jury, abstain from reaching a verdict. Now, let me stop here for just a moment and talk about the jury pool, okay? Because there are times that God wants us to challenge each other, all right? And, and, and there are times when we need to speak into each other's lives, right? The Bible talks about that. So on one hand, it says we shouldn't judge them, but on the other hand, it said we'll know them by their fruit and so on and so forth. And if we see a brother in sin, you know, help restore them, right? But you need to be on the jury if you're going to do that. Does that make sense? So, so in other words, I have people that I have invited into the jury pool of my life. And they have the right to speak into my life on that level, see? And we all, we all have to have a jury pool. So, so if you're on the jury, then, 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 I, then you have a right to speak into issues that, they, that you see in my life that are inconsistent or, or sin or whatever. But notice you have a right to speak to me, not others. Did you hear me? You don't go around talking to others about what, what you perceive or see in me. That's gossip. So if you're on my jury pool, you bet not. <laughs> Everyone say bet not. <laughs> you bet not be talking to others about my life and what you see, right? That's gossip. And the Bible talks about that. Don't gossip. Why? Because it's hurtful, right? When you find out someone else has been talking about you behind your back. No! Matthew 18 says, go to the person. Don't go to everyone else around them. Go to that person and talk to them, right? So, so there is times, there are times that you have a right to do that, but you need to know that you're on the jury pool. In the jury pool, you're on the jury. You've been invited. Did you hear me? You've been invited. And if you haven't invited some people to be a part of your jury pool, you need to. Every single one of us need people on our jury. Every single one of us need people that can speak into our lives. 
We all have blind spots, right? We all have things that we're not, we, we're not aware of or we're wrestling through or struggling through, and we need people that will help us and love us in spite of ourselves. So, that said, we'll go back. You can push the tape again, all right? Um, so if you're not on the jury, abstain from reaching a verdict. So, you know, here's the deal. Today, many people, or most people, have, a, have a, an opinion about everything. <laughs> Ever notice that? And they have a voice about it. We live in a culture that has a hard time differentiating between being opinionated and being involved. Many people think that if they just speak out against something, they've done their part. Many times, we want to speak out about things that are not our business. They're not our business. And I don't, I don't think personally, for example, it's my job to critique and criticize every pastor in the city. It's not my job. It's not my job to, to, you know, to evaluate, you know, other pastors unless they work for me. Then I have a right to evaluate their, their work ethic and the job that's getting done, right? But it's not my job to critique and put down or, or find fault with every other pastor in this city. Now, I didn't used to think that way. <laughs> I, I used to think it was. You know, when I first started ministry, I would talk about this church and talk about that pastor you know, not, I mean, I thought I was doing good. I thought that was my job. And I found out, no, it's not your job, Glenn. Right? It's not your job to do that. And uh, years and years ago, the lights came on in Georgia, so to speak. And I, I realized it's not my job. I don't think it's my job to pass, pass judgment on everyone else. It's not my job, right? The book of Romans says this. Who, who are you to judge someone else's servant? Who, who, who made you God? The video we watched said there is a God and you are not him. That was, that was one of the most enlightening things I ever learned years ago was there is a God and I'm not him. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes I think we think we are. The way we act and the way we process things. Who are you to judge someone else's servant to their own master, servant, stand or fall? See, I'm saying if you're not directly involved with the situation, you don't need to have an opinion about it. Yeah, I know that's hard, but you don't need to have an opinion of it. It's not none of our business, right? It's their business. And you certainly don't need to express that to other people. 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says this, and this is a really good verse for you and I. Make it your ambition or goal to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business. <laughs> Everyone say, mind your own business. No, you said it wrong. Mind your own business. You got to say, mind your own business, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and earlier I, I, I talked a little bit about the lady you know, in our church that didn't want her mom to visit her. When our, our daughter first got married, we went to visit her house, and it wasn't what we were used to in terms of her tidiness for her room and so on and so forth. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly ready for a photo spread in Better Homes and Gardens. So, yeah, if you know what I mean. It had, it had one of those made-stay-off looks about it, right? Um, my daughter was embarrassed, of course, and said, Dad, I'm sorry, everything's so messy. Um, but needless to say, I wanted to say some things. Can we say that weren't very life-giving? 
<laughs> you know. And uh, the fact is, she knows it, and some of you who have been to our house know it, we're, we, we're pretty tidy and pretty neat. You know, we try to keep things cleaned up, and it would have been so easy for me to disapprove about the way she kept house and to make snide remarks, you know, those little digs. You know what I'm talking about? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Oh, come on. Am I the only one? If you, if you know what I'm talking about, shake your head yes, okay? So I know you're with me, all right? All right, okay. Uh, snide remarks, you know, when I'm there and just kind of little digs. But I would rather be a welcome visitor. <coughs> Did you hear me? I'd rather, I'd rather them want us to be in their home than to try and correct everything I think is wrong. Now, I wish I could tell you that we have never overstepped our boundary in that area. I wish I could do that, but that would be a lie, right? Um, I wish that I could tell you that, you know, we were perfect parents, right? And, you know, to our adult married daughter, but that would be a lie. We have learned, you know, the hard way in some cases, we have made our fair share of mistakes. Haven't we, baby? More her than me, just, just so you know. <laughs> And we have suffered the consequences and had to go back and repair the damage, right? And so I, I think we could all fill in some blanks here. Maybe not you, but me. Fill in some blanks here and, you know, think about some of the things where we've overstepped our boundaries. So here, here's the deal. Learn to understand your place in the world. Learn to understand your place in the world. And it's not being everyone else's judge. That's not your place. And so if you're not on the jury, then you need to abstain from making a verdict. That means there will be times when you need to say, this is none of my business. There'll be times when you need to say, you know, I'm going to keep my nose out of it. There's, there'll be times you're going to need to say, I, I'm going to keep my opinion, and I know this is hard, to myself. And, and I like to say it this way, learn the art of biting your tongue. Learn the art of biting your tongue. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, learn, 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 learn to keep your mouth. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Can you fill in the blank? Learn to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Learn, learn, learn the art of biting your tongue. I, I have, I've got scars everywhere. I probably should have some more, but because I, I didn't bite my tongue, right? But here's the deal: God wants you to be in relate, good relationship with people, and 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 we'll talk about that in just a minute. Okay. So next, second, second, the second thing I think I want to suggest to you about this disapproval piece is before you evaluate anyone else, evaluate yourself. Before you evaluate everyone else, evaluate yourself. There's an old blues song that goes, before you accuse me, take a look at yourself. <laughs> it's pretty good advice to follow. Uh, there's, a, there's a Charlie Brown story in which Linus says... Why are you always so anxious to criticize me? To which Lucy responds, I just think I have a knack for seeing other people's faults. <laughs> to which Linus responds, 
Well, what about your own faults? To which Lucy responds, I have a knack for overlooking them. <laughs> Thanks to Kristen for the graphics. <laughs> uh, we, we, we have a tendency to be that way, don't we? If you understand what I'm talking about, shake your head yes. I know you're tracking. Okay. Oh, good. All right. We have a tendency to be that way, to point out others' faults why we ignore our own. We judge other people by their action and our self by our intention. See? In other words, if we intended to clean the house, but it's kind of messed up a little bit, and we see someone else's house messed up a little bit, we judge them for a messy house, but yet in our heart, we, went, we intended to clean it up. <laughs> so we're not so bad, right? We're not so bad. <laughs> the book of Romans, Paul said, Romans 2.21, he said, you then, you then, who teach others, do not teach yourselves. See, there, there's something about the Bible that just kind of cuts to the chase. You, you then, you then, you hypocrite, right? Because you teach others, but you don't teach yourself. You who preach against stealing, do you steal? <laughs> Pretty practical, isn't it? Do you steal? Yeah. In other words, let's just break it down to where we live. When, when you criticize, I, I find myself doing this when I'm driving. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the blinker, dude. You know, I'm just supposed to guess what you're doing. And then within a minute, I find myself turning with no blinker. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Is this practical or what? Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm merging into traffic, and I don't use my blinker. It's like somebody else just before me, you know, did the same thing. I'm like, thanks. How often do we do this stuff? And I think just God's wanting to mess with us in this area. Amen? You know, and Jesus said it this way. He said, and we've read it already, why do you look at the speck? So when you see the no blinker, say speck, okay? So, you know, when somebody's driving and they don't use their blinker, just say, you speck. Okay, you speck. Of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. And when you catch yourself criticizing somebody else, even if it's just internally, just kind of say, you plank. <laughs> right? You plank. Uh, back in the day, this is dating ourselves, but when C Bill Clinton was going through the Monica Lewinsky scandal, uh, two of his most outraged critics were Gary Condit and uh, Newt Gingrich. Um, I remember that, or at least have heard of it. Okay, so, but in time we learned that both men were having their extra um, um, curricular activities on their own, right? And at the very same time, same time they were criticizing or blasting Clinton, they were basically doing the same thing. Same thing with Jim Baker. Anybody remember that name? Yeah, Jim Baker. So, you know, it was caught up in a, a scandal with Jessica Hahn, and uh, his most outspoken critic was who? Jimmy Swaggart. Jimmy Swaggart. How many remember that name? Sure. A few of you do. Some of you gray hairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, you know, <laughs> what? You're judging me. I'm <laughs> judging you. <laughs> no, you don't have any hair. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, you do. You do. Boom. <laughs> so, when we find out, you know, in the midst of that whole idea, 
that, you know, while he was criticizing Baker, he was in his own sexual scandal, right? You remember that. And the sad truth is this is so common. We do it all the time. We do it all the time, whether it's driving or housekeeping or finances or whatever. I mean, maybe we don't condemn, you know, people who make the same mistake we do. We just condemn people who make different kinds of mistakes, different, different, bigger mistakes as far as we're concerned. For example, uh, I know people who can't control their temper. They, they yell and they scream at their, at their employees or their family or the kids and their spouse, and they, you know, they, they just have a, a meltdown often. And, and th- in their eyes, they're just being intense, you know. They, they're, they're doing it because they care, right? So they can justify all of that, you know. But, but you know, when an employee or someone comes in late or does something else, they, they, they think that's wrong. That's, that's wrong, you know. So they, in their mind, losing their temper is a little thing, but being late or not punctual is a, is a big thing. And don't we have a tendency to do that? To sort of judge, you know, our stuff against their stuff? And oftentimes we see our stuff as little things and their stuff as big things. And here's another tweetable moment. Here's the deal. Your sin is always worse than my sin. Your sin, for those of you on Twitter, Um, Your sin is all, and that's the case. Your sin is always, Zach, that picture on Facebook was horrible. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But your sin is worse than my sin. I'm always judging you for what you do, and mine is so small and insignificant in comparison. And that's why it's so difficult for me to criticize other pastors in the city or other ministries because I know that when I'm pointing out their faults and shortcomings, I am overlooking my own. You've heard when I'm pointing, I've got four, three pointing back at me. You've heard that. So before you evaluate anyone else, evaluate yourself. Be willing to be as hard on yourself as you are on others. And last... Number three, third suggestion, is don't criticize a problem or a person unless you're ready to be a part of the solution. Don't criticize a problem or a person unless you're willing to be a part of the solution. Galatians, Paul writing to the church at Galatia says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by a sin, you who are on the jury pool We'll just say that. You, who are godly, should gently and humbly help that person. Everyone say, help that person. Say it one more time. Help that person. Help that person. Don't judge them. Don't, be crit- don't have a critical spirit about them. Don't gossip about them. See, when you've told one other person about their situation, you've gossiped. You need to go to that person. That's what the Bible says. That's what keeps things, keeps things squeaky clean. Go to that person or gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. We all know people that love to 
play judge and jury about people, don't we? They love to take pot shots and criticize them for everything they are not doing correctly. Paul says, if we're going to have an opinion on the situation, we better be willing to be a part of the solution. We better be willing to be a part of the process of restoration. All right? It, 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 and that's true in life. It's true in, true in church world. Don't take, a, don't take a pot shot at, let's just use, for example, our children's ministry, unless you're willing to get your hind end up there and work. Everyone say hind end. <laughs> Can you say that in church? I just did. I could have said worse. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you, don't ju- you don't just take pot shots. And crit- you, you, if, you're, if you don't like the way the sounds run or the video or wh- whatever, the chairs are set up, don't just criticize. Get involved, right? Be a part of the solution. And, and, and that, that's true in every area of life. Be willing to be a part of the process of restoration. The other problem oftentimes with having a judgmental, critical spirit is it spills over to our children and our spouse. And I, I know parents who don't even think about that. They just, they just, bleh, bleh, bleh. And they don't realize they're raising kids that are going to what? Bleh. <laughs> when they grow up because they see it, they sense it, they hear it, it's wrong. It's easy to criticize and complain. It's easy to cast judgment and disapproval when they don't measure up. Amen? Next slide. There we go. All right? When they don't measure up, it's easy to do that. It's easy to cast judgment and disapproval when they don't measure up. The greatest challenge is to encourage them and to inspire them and work with them side by side to help them be better people, right? Story of a lady that, that years ago was trying to lose weight and her husband was not pleased with her weight and would remind her constantly. And, you know, she was trying to do something about it and he would always make these snide remarks. You know, oh, you're going to start another diet again? You know, wonder how long that will last. You know, that kind of stuff. And just criticize and criticize and criticize her. And, you know, instead of being a part of the solution, instead of being a part of the encouragement, instead of coming alongside of her and instead of ordering pizza every night, you know, um, having some salad or whatever, or going for a walk, or trying to, trying to be a part, going, maybe going to the gym with her, instead of just sitting around judging and criticizing, but at the same time, reminding her from time to time about her weight issue. But it's so much easier. It's so much easier to be the voice of disapproval than to be the voice of hope. You see, we naturally gravitate to these areas. It's part of the old fallen nature, the old man, and the enemy wants to accommodate that. 
wants to, wants to sow seeds and thoughts into our minds to get us to just default and criticize. The French novelist said it like this, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, said, I have no right by anything I do or say to demean, everyone say demean, a human being in their own eyes. What matters is not that what I think of him, it is what he thinks of himself. And this last part I want you to catch, to undermine a man's self-respect is a sin. To undermine a man's self-respect is a sin. And, and that's what our disapproval does. It's easy to do. It comes naturally to most of us, and it will destroy the potential around us. Let me tell you something. Disapproval is cheap. It's cheap. It's easy. Anybody can do it. It takes no education. It takes no talent, no character, no wisdom. It's easy. And anybody can show disapproval. Don't be anybody. Don't be anybody. Demand more of yourself. Instead of putting people down, make it your job to lift them up. Make it your job to lift them up. As we close today, I just want to give you a couple of closing thoughts. Disapproval is toxic. You know what toxic is, right? It's destructive. It's unhealthy. It, it can destroy. It only damages your relationships with others and with God. And I can say with certainty that no one in this world needs your disapproval. No one. You're not here, help, or you're not helping anyone with your condemnation and condescension. That's not the way it works. With your condemnation and your condescension, I can also say with certainty that everyone whom God has placed in your life needs your encouragement. They're there for a reason. They're there to be encouraged. Be the voice in their life. Be the voice in their life. Next slide. Be the voice in their life that says, I'm not here to knock you down. I'm here to lift you that's the kind of person you and I need to be, amen? Let's stand together and let's pray. So today is a little bit more challenging than the other three of our, the approval factor. So you have the fact that we've been pre-approved, right? And that's awesome. <laughs> and we have the whole idea that we've been approved as a workman that need not be ashamed that we are here on a worker's visa. And we had the self-approval thing that we need to be okay with me. And today we have the disapproval factor. You know, the way we treat others is so important. And God wants to challenge each one of us in this area to not to be the judge and the jury and person who is constantly finding fault with everything around them to the point where you isolate yourself 
You're not, you're not a welcome guest in a lot of places because of the way you handle yourself, the way you handle your business. Come bow our heads for just a minute. If you felt like the Holy Spirit has convicted you in some way or another today through the message, and you'd say, you know what? I feel like God's challenging me to change some things and up the ante and make some adjustments, some mid-course adjustments in my life today. There's something that has touched you deeply in your heart and you want prayer for that. Would you slip up your hand? Wow, the whole room. Wow, God bless you. Father, it's, it's obvious that you, we've struck a nerve here with this idea, I know it messed with me all week. The problem is, is we can't do this on our own. Best we can do is probably fail miserably here. But the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So God, I'm praying for all of us here today. I'm asking you to make it possible to make some changes. To help us see that other people's sin is not necessarily worse than our sin. It's sin. to not try to remove the little speck or sawdust in someone else's eye when we've got a plank in our own. God, help us deal with our issues, but at the same time, not to constantly be judging and criticizing, finding fault about everything, everywhere, all the time. God, would you help us? Holy Spirit, would you come and equip us? There's so much power available to us as believers through the, the power of the Holy Spirit to remind us when we find ourselves doing it. And not to condemn us, but to encourage us that there's a better way of life, there's a better choice. There's another way to live. God, help us break the cycle of sin here. Father, every single person here and at home or traveling that was watching this video, God, I pray that you would reach down into our hearts. heal those areas of our lives that make us retreat back to the old self and act like we used to. Perhaps we were raised that way. Perhaps we were really hurt. And when we put others down, we make ourselves feel a little bit better temporarily. God, I pray that you'll touch that area of our lives. 
Bring your healing power. Holy Spirit, come. Bring your healing power to our lives. Make us whole. Make us complete. Jesus precious name I pray just 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 settle right there for a few minutes we're going to worship let God finish his work here let him let him do some things inside of you as you worship as you spend time with him just let the Holy Spirit do his work just you and him Whoa. 